Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Dolly. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Dolly. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. 803 on a Friday. Sweet, sweet Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Yes, that music can only mean one thing. Rick Dollywell is going to join us in just a second here to kick off Hour 3 of this program. This program is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in Hour 3 of this program, as mentioned. Hour 3 is brought to you by Campbell & Pound, real estate appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell & Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio, Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. We can now describe him as Hall of Fame adjacent. It's Rick <laughs> Dollywall here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Morning, Rick. How are you? Just say the sidekick. The sidekick. Are you going to do the introductory speech at the Hall of Fame induction ceremony? Uh, you know what? It's in when is it? In January, February? No, when is it? December, January? I don't even know if there's a ceremony, Rick. To be honest, but I, oh, I no, there <laughs> there is, there is. Donnie's got to do a speech. Uh, Ryan, when is it? Mayor June. Mayor June. The uh, Henderson on the ball says Mayor Ju- Mayor June. He's got to get up there. He's got to do a speech in front of a whole bunch of people. Who are we talking about? Don Taylor, guys, off to the BC Sports Hall of Fame. My biggest question to you two: mm-hmm. What took so long? You know, it's true. You know, he's, you know, he's been in this market for so long, and I've had the pleasure of working with him every day. I see the talent, the creativity, the passion on a daily basis. We all watch Sports Page. Who didn't? Mm-hmm. We know he had the best highlight package in the country. It wasn't even close. There was nobody in Toronto that could do what he was doing. Uh, but to be in this industry 40 years plus, guys, you got to have passion. you got to love what you do. you got to wake up in the morning, and when you wake up in the morning, you got to say, I can't wait to get to work. That's what he still does uh, to, to this day. And to survive in our industry, you guys know how tough our industry is the last few years. You've got to do multiple jobs. He was not only the TV star. He, he turned over to radio. He did newspapers. He was the EA sports guy. He, he did the Vancouver province. There wasn't anything really he couldn't do in this market. And all sports radio, and you two know this better than anyone else, it's about entertainment and putting on a show. You know, it's just not about talking about the Canucks 24-7. He understands that better than anyone else. His knowledge of sports in the city, late 1960s. Mm-hmm. He loves talking about those days. You know, that, that's one thing that Donnie and I connect on is, uh, you know, I, I love talking about the 1979 Soccer Bowl, the 82 Canucks, the 85 Lions, uh, Ernie Punch McLean and the Bruins, that, all that stuff. We, we just love all that stuff. He He's just very good at what he does it's very deserving so we're really really happy this week uh, that don got into the bc sports hall of fame now now we got to get in three guys okay you guys got to help me here we got to get in bmac barry mcdonald you know that mm-hmm. right there's not a better guy in our industry than bmac john mckeechee um you know I, we all grew up watching mckeech and my old buddy neil mccray i'd love to see neil get in someday as well three great guys uh, let's talk about the Canucks 4-2 and two start. What have you seen from this Canucks team that is different from the past? It's the coach. It's the coach. I'm going to tell you right now, what I like is the coach doesn't allow this team to get comfortable. He just, after every win, listen to talk it after wins. He, he, he will... He will 
talk about the things they need to win on, uh, need to work on. Even after wins, he has slowly taken the bad habits from the previous years out of these players. Talk it was raving about the practice yesterday after a day off. Things like that are big to him. You know, remember the, remember the Canucks had that day off in Nashville? And he said, you know, hey, guys, uh, you know, be professional when you play in Nashville the next night. And they were professional. What he was trying to say was, you know, you got a day off in Nashville. Let's not hit the pubs and clubs. And and they responded. You know, good energy at the practice uh, yesterday. He praised the leadership group, Hughes, Patterson, Miller. It feels to me, guys, like the players are listening to what he is preaching and, and it's paying dividends. Five of the next six are at home. Okay, I've got two tough ones there, Rangers and Dallas. Others, I think, are winnable. Look at the Blues and Rangers last night, guys. They played their backups last night in Alberta, saving their starters, I think, for the Canucks this weekend. Blues coach uh, Craig Bruby, he was on our show this week. He talked about how impressive the Canucks have looked so far. There's a real good feel about this team right now. I know it's early. It's only six games. I always like to do 10-game segments, mm-hmm. and, and you do, you know, after 10 games, you'll have a really good read on this team. But I, I just, look, I took, took my positivity pills this uh, morning, and, <laughs> you know, and, and Halford, Bruff, you, especially you, Bruff, you should too. But listen, um, Whitecaps, Lions in the playoffs, it's just finally good vibes in yeah. the city for sports fans. You know, the last 10, 12 years have not been great for the Lions, Canucks, or Whitecaps. And all of a sudden, the Whitecaps already have 20,000 sold for their um, home playoff game. And uh, that's before anyone knows the result of their game this weekend in Los Angeles. Halford, help me out. Where the heck do I watch? Why is this game not on my television? Why? You watch it at BC Place. Apple TV, my friend. I think. No, they- no, 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 no. Hold on a sec. Uh, I'm, no, no, Bruff. I, I, I can go to the game. Uh, the, I'm talking about this weekend, the first game in L.A. Yeah. Why isn't it on television? Um, it's well, they sold the rights to Apple. I'm sure you're pretty familiar with it, right? And then yeah, they were going to do I a handful that, of games. That doesn't make it easier. Oh, it doesn't. No. Hey, I was very critical and still kind of am of the, the, the way that they went about this. It was a very dramatic shift from having almost every game mm-hmm. on regular yeah. cable last That's season right. to all of a sudden taking it away. And I said, there's going to be some games like a Tuesday night game between Columbus and FC Dallas on the Apple subscription where there's going to be six people watching it. Like, you really close off your market. And I would think that there would be a push maybe to kind of recalibrate it a bit and say, let's put some of these early, uh, especially the first round of the playoffs, like, let's get it out there for our consumers. But that's what happens when you kind of sell all your broadcasting rights to a streaming package. They have control over what gets out there. Mike, it's not right because I can watch every Canucks and Lions game. That's the great thing about the Lions right now is that playoff game they play at home. If you're not going to trek down to BC Place, you can watch it at home. I just think the Whitecaps have dropped the ball. They could have had a huge audience on television uh, this weekend. But it is what it is. But there's good vibes uh, for all three teams. And I, I think this city and these fans in this city, uh, you know, they've been waiting for this for a long time and, and good on them. And, and they deserve it. Bad vibes in Calgary. Things are not looking good. I know. I know the Oilers are kind of like the popular pick to talk about what's the Oilers, what's what's up with the Oilers, and definitely that is a question worth asking. But having watched the last two Flames games, they look like they got nothing. They got no answers, and you know, there's all this talk about Noah Hannafin re-signing and signing a big contract with them. I wonder if he's rethinking that, or even the Flames are. I also wonder about. You know, what's going to happen with a guy like 
Chris Tanev, who's maybe they mean they're going to need to uh, restart the trade Tanev club in Calgary. We can give them some advice on that. And then <laughs> probably the most critical member of the Flames has been Nikita Zadorov, the big, the big defenseman. He's a pending UFA too. Are you hearing anything? I mean, it's too early to like talk about trading those guys, but what does the future hold for those guys? Uh, you, 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 I'm going to tell you right now, the Calgary Flames are going to have a lot of intrigue around them. Two wins, nine games, fans last night booing, a lot of empty seats. They're going to be calling for a rebuild if the losing continues. You guys know that. A lot of teams are going to monitor Calgary for a lot of reasons. If they start selling, they have a ton of UFA players leading, including Lindholm up front. But look at the blue line guys right now. The Flames have five UFA defensemen, only two signed beyond this year, and that's Uyghur and Anderson. So the big three for me are Hannafin, Tanev, and Zadarov. Hannafin's close to an extension, is as reported by Elliot Friedman. They made an offer to Tanev. It wasn't good enough. So so that that was done in the last few weeks. Hmm. They will try and sign Zadaroff. Let me get to Tanev. 34. He's going to turn 34 in December. Now, if you guys look at the Canucks right side after Heronic, they got Friedman, who was in the minors a week ago. Are we doing Myers. this? Are we doing this? Are we talking about the potential of the Tanev to the Canucks? I, 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 I'm going to set it up for you, and then I'll let you say what you want. Just listen to me. So you got look at look at the right side after Heronic. Friedman was in the minors a week ago. Myers dropped to the third pair. He's average in 13 minutes. All I'm saying is this. Tanev on July 1st can get a decent term if he hits the market. We know his history in Vancouver. We know Quinn Hughes loves mm-hmm. him. He's a veteran leader, right shot defense, a player who was respected so much in Vancouver by players, coaches, and GMs. He never wanted to leave Vancouver, guys. He loved his time in Vancouver. He told his agent to get it done. He still, to this day, holds the city in high regard. Mm-hmm. He would add good right shot depth. Now, you guys pretty well know Myers is not going to be resigned to Vancouver. Well, Tanev could be more than an adequate replacement if he hits the market. That's all I'm saying. And if, so, so do you want uh, uh, Brof? Do you want to go into next year with Friedman and Myers again? I mean, at some point they're going to have to adjust the right side after Rick, a I, Rick, I'm not arguing this. I, I'm yeah. just saying, like, wouldn't that be incredible? Yeah, if you oh, were to come yeah. back, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Like, you think I oh, criticize I okay. everything? Like okay, I've been talking no, no. about the right side of this defense. Like ah, Friedman is their top yeah. four guy. Everyone knows, right? Like how yeah. are they going to solve this? And we've yeah, been talking exactly. about this all week. What are they going to do? I don't think they can afford to wait around for Willander or Bruskevich to turn point. into NHL players. I mean, it's it's the glaring hole on the blue line, and we're talking a lot about whether or not. Um, you know, Philip Peronic, if he stays with Quinn Hughes all year and oh. he puts up points and he's playing 25 minutes a night and people are talking about the best pairing in hockey, what's he going to ask for in a new contract? Oh. Hey, and if you, you don't think Peronic's agent uh, is doing cartwheels? Yeah, he is. He keeps tweeting every uh, week about how great Heronic is in Vancouver with Hughes. He's seeing stats and articles in Vancouver, and he's retweeting them. So what's that telling you? He's at what's Heronic at four point four million? I think the the Red Wings one of the reasons they traded him is because they knew the next contract for Heronic would be probably very high. I don't know. Nobody can know until they make their first offer. But yeah, you're right. He's going to make. 
a big, big salary jump. Patterson's not the only big contract. The Canucks have a ton of UFAs and RFAs this year. I think it's up to 15. I mean, uh, Patrick Elvin's going to be pretty busy away from the rink, you know, dealing with a ton of guys. So anyways, Hironic, you make a good point. His agent's loving it. I mean, you go look at his, uh, uh, go look at Walsh's uh, Twitter account. Mm-hmm. He's always tweeting about, you know, oh, look at, look at, look at Hironic and, and Hughes. Great pairing, number one pairing in the NHL. So you're right. That is, I want to talk about uh, Zadorov. Um, that's a guy I could see the Canucks having interest in if he hits the market. Rick Tockett type player. Big, hits hard, skates well. You've heard him all week. Last night he was, you know, he apologized for the effort last night in the post game. That's a player if he hits the market I can see the Canucks showing interest in. And guess who his agent is, guys? Um, Milstein. Milstein. You got it. Yeah. Canucks, um, uh, yeah. Hey, just I, hold on. Canucks love two things: this regime, former Penguins, and Milstein clients. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to think more about Tanev as a stopgap between yeah. the Willander era arriving yeah. in Vancouver. I don't have. He's not going to be in the first pair anymore. And the other no. thing is, I, I I think from what well, uh, he could be with Hughes. He could be with Hughes yeah. because I really yeah. want to see Hironik on another pair because I want to That's see right. if he can carry a pair by himself before you go out and spend. You know, however much you're going to spend on retaining Hironic, don't you think he should be able to survive by himself? Yeah. The two biggest keys for me when it comes to Tanev, I, he's not going to get large, large. I, I, I do believe he can get uh, three years and over three mil on July 1st. That's my guess and estimation. So I don't know what the Canucks... Uh, okay, so who's going off the books here uh, this year? Myers? Uh, Bavillier, you know, is yeah. at the rate... He's, at, he's on the fourth line making $4 million. I mean, so there's money there. There's $10 million, There's $10 million right there. So how do you allocate the money? Yeah, they're still after Ethan Bear. So how do you fit him in? So, and don't forget, hey, there's another possible right shot UFA defenseman July 1st, Jalen Chatfield. You guys remember Chatfield. <laughs> We're bringing hey, everyone I'm, back. I'm just, I'm throwing it out there. I'm just, you know, that, that's what I do. I sit and I, in my room, I ponder, I ponder these things. Listen, he signed in Carolina after things didn't work out in Vancouver three years ago. 78 games he played uh, last year and gained the trust of Coach Rod Brindamore. Uh, so, you know, Chatfield's out there. I know his agent has had uh, some talks uh, with the Hurricanes uh, about an extension, but um, it's gonna, they can improve their right side, guys. They've got some good right shot D coming in mm. a one to two to three years, but you, you can improve it. Can they do uh, it this one- season, though? Could like could they do it this season? Because I could see the Canucks being in a situation where you're getting to the trade deadline, and let's say they're in the playoff race, maybe even maybe even comfortably in a playoff spot. Let's say that yep. in a wild card spot, yeah. And they're kind of like, well, could we do the Tanov deal now? Yeah, sure. You can call. You can call. But if you're the fl- if the Flames are out of the playoffs. They won't have an issue uh, dealing kind of in their division, but I mean, I mean, I don't know if they turn it around. But they got two wins in nine games. Um, if if they're in the mix at the trade deadline, you don't want to you know, move a guy to the a team in your division. But Canucks can call for sure. There's no offense or buts about it. But can they get Ethan Barron in in a lineup in December? Mm-hmm. You know, he's not so, going to be that expensive to resign, though, is he? No, 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 no. Ethan Barron is my guess would be in the two million range, and and then you then you prorate that so. Um, you know, uh, it, it won't be much. But uh, Ethan Baird, uh, I'm going to guess, would probably be just a one-year deal if they do it. And uh, then he would become effectively a UFA again. 
Um, so who knows what uh, his agent might ask for a second year. We don't know that. But yeah. there's a multitude of ways the, the Canucks can prove the right side. Who knows? We don't know about Willander, uh, if he's going to come out after one year or two years of college. That's mm-hmm. going to be, I mean, uh, hey, you know what? A lot of guys push for their, a uh, lot of advisors push for their guys to come out after year one, right? And so, it doesn't mean he'd have to go right to the NHL, though. That's right. That's yeah. right. You could put him in, uh, you could put him in the first pair in Abbotsford, let him grow, and he'd be closer to home you get local coaching you get you know he'd be 45 minutes away view wise uh, instead of you know on the eastern seaboard so there's a lot of benefits to Willander coming out after one year but that decision is nowhere near to be made that's going to be in the spring after their season and, and you know how did he do you know it's his first time with North American hockey too right he's played all his life in Sweden so but if he comes out after one year that'll uh, certainly help uh, the right side but a lot of things to ponder uh, this yeah. year but the big biggest thing with the Canucks right now is they keep winning and, and they look good. They're well coached uh, and uh, it, it's all good right now. Okay, while you were pondering and Bruff was complaining, I was out here doing. I was not complaining. What a shock! Everything is perceived as complaining. Where I just laughed at the idea of Tanif coming back, not because it's a bad idea, because it would be a great story. Sounds like something we- a complainer would say. Hey guys, we did a we we did a poll. Of would you take Tanev back on July first? It was almost fifty fifty. There's a lot of people. He's very well respected. He's very it was only fifty fifty. It was fifty fifty down the down the middle. What Don't are you talking about? Yelling me? I thought it would be more than fifty fifty. So anyway, while well, you guys while well, you guys were yelling at each other, I was out here doing the work. One, this is the most dysfunctional relationship I've ever been part of. What? <laughs> <laughs> Everything I you, say, I get yelled at. The the Whitecaps game on Saturday. Uh, there's a little bit of a hack. I believe there is still a one month free trial available till the end of October. So you can actually watch a game for free, theoretically, on Apple TV if you sign up for MLS Season Pass. So there's but that. don't forget to cancel it. And then right away. As soon as the, as soon <laughs> yeah, as the final right whistle away. blows. Yeah. yeah cancel Just cancel right your away. credit card. It's the easiest way to do it. And then two... The BC Sports Hall of Fame induction ceremony is going to be May 16th, 2024 at the Fairmont, Vancouver. Among the luminaries going in, Justin Morneau and Don Taylor. And if he's there, you can ask him, what hat is Don Taylor going to wear when he gets inducted into the BC Sports Hall of Fame? What hat are you going to wear, Donnie, in the induction? Hat. Yeah, what hat on May 16th? When you go to the Hall of Fame, what hat are you going to wear? Oh, what hat? 1040 uh, sports page. Yeah, it's got to be sports page. I was going to say, probably not sports net, but... Uh, he said he's gonna wear a hole for the bra nice. hat. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Very nice. Well, hey, yell, yell in the phone. This is good radio. Congrats to Don. And uh, hey, and- the Hall of Famer. He's, he's telling me to get off the air. We got a meeting. We got a meeting. Go, Let's Rick. Go. Okay, go. go. Hang up. Bye, bye, bye. That's Rick Dollywell and Don Taylor, and I think Ryan Henderson was in there as well on the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet 650. I love this text. I've never seen or heard someone more defensive about their interactions with you guys. Sounds like you've got him pinned up against a wall so every great. time he's on the show on Fridays. I love it. It's yeah, he's just, so great. Just, just yelled at him. He's like, like, hey, Dolly, how you doing today? He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa, what do you mean by that? <laughs> what and do you then, mean by that? And then you get confused by I'm super his response. It's great. It's great You keep taking it. his lunch money. What do you think he's going to expect? And I just sit here and watch it all go down. Because <laughs> <laughs> Rick keeps calling me rough, right? It's rough and bruff. I don't even have a name. I'm just yeah. this like sort of kind of omniscient like narrator type. You're one of the dogs. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I just, I You're know rough. what's going on. Yeah, I'm, I'm rough. Anyway, uh, kudos to Donnie 
And I mentioned in case I got lost in all of the yelling and then talking to someone who wasn't on the phone, which was awkward. Mm-hmm. Uh, May 16th, Fairmont, Vancouver. Don Taylor goes into the BC Sports Hall of Fame. That's next year. And yeah, if you want to watch the Whitecaps game this year, do the classic. Sign up for something and then quickly cancel your free trial shortly thereafter. I can tell you this. You know that the match on Saturday can only be 90 minutes max and then a shootout because there's going to be no extra time. If it's tied, it goes directly penalties i like this text he's gonna wear a mugs and jugs hat <laughs> yeah like there were some options right uh james and qualicum beach the storyline of having tanov back is going to be something huggy and him were good together but when, when tanov left huggy had to move on he's found someone else imagine tanov just as a stopgap okay, at so the trade I, was, deadline. I was surprised that you hadn't heard that yet that had been out there for a while in what speculation yeah just but just people talking it was on about hf it. boards yeah, and you're on there all the time. Uh, no, like just people were kind of connecting the dots. They're like, Tanev doesn't have a lot of time left on his contract in Calgary. Who knows what his next deal is going to look like? Right. And, and the idea was if the Canucks were to be a playoff team and buying at the deadline in Calgary, could fell they get off. him for a year? Could they do like Ian Cole signed a one year deal? Could, would Tanev sign a one year deal with the Canucks? Because I think that would be a decent stopgap. Oh, I mean, I think people are talking about it. Because you almost just have to bridge. The time. Let's say they resign Hronik. I think you have talk- to bridge that time to Willander or Bruskevich or hopefully both of those guys. Take a more immediate approach. I think people are suggesting trade that, deadline. Yeah, yeah. Because he's in the final year of his deal in, in Calgary, and I don't know if you guys have been pay- paying attention to the Calgary Flames lately, but they look like a mess. Well, I did wonder. I mean, I was wondering last night. I'm kind of like, well, why can't the Canucks maybe if they keep this up? And yes, we might sound like absolute idiots in three months for discussing this, right? But why wouldn't the Canucks, you know, do you remember being buyers at the trade deadline? Do you remember that? Does it? Well, does anyone actually remember being buyers at the trade deadline where you're like, we have a deficiency. Yeah. Let's address that. I mean, my here's my thinking on this, because I have put some thought into this one. From a Canucks perspective, if you know that you're going to need to address this defense and this season is imperative as you say it is, why wait till the deadline? Like you should be inquiring on a ten of because well they have no cap space they got right but you got to have to move sure but you I mean I'm I'm saying like step on it like yeah, yeah. make these things happen because I think it's easier said than done I think they love to step on it they love they love to have Ethan Bear back in the lineup they love to deal do something on the right side of the defense they're clearly trying it's just everyone's just I mean listen again we are operating in a world where they can't call up Nils Amon yeah. Uh, have to do like six second, different transactions to make that happen second part of this if you're Calgary. Can we just go back to this summer where they made changes at the general manager position and the coaching position, which would kind of suggest that, hey, we feel like this group is okay. We just need to change the guys in charge of it. But then they traded to Foley. Now, granted, to Foley wanted to go, but they traded to Foley, who was their best player last year. There wasn't much debate about that. Yeah. Tyler Toffoli was the best Calgary Flame last He's year. He's been pretty good in New Jersey. He goes and he does exactly what Tyler Toffoli does, which is score a ton of goals. Coincidentally, the team he left, Calgary, can't score. They have, they have no offensive punch. They look toothless. So then you're thinking, well, if this team was really committed to being good and getting back to it, why did they trade their best player and leading goal scorer? Maybe mm-hmm. he asked out, whatever. Then you go into this season and – it sounded at one point like Hannafin and Lindholm, their exoduses were fate accompli. Yeah. Like they were going to go. Right. And now it's like, well, wait a minute. They might want to stay. But now you look at the early returns on this, and it's like, who would want to sign? They don't. So I'm saying this team, is, I don't think that they really know what they want to do. Mm-hmm. I don't think Craig Conroy knows what direction he wants to go in. But I think the inevitability of it 
is that he's going to have to start selling because the one thing he can't do is what Bradtree Living did with Gaudreau and to a lesser degree with Kachuk. And Don't they was, have the potential to turn into the San Jose Sharks if they keep retaining all these guys and they're a bad team? I mean, I think if you look at it right now, you're like, why would we re-sign the core of this team? Like The, the Backland re-signing in captaincy struck me as weird. Nah, that's fine, though. They do only give him a couple years, you know, and they made but him the captain, But you made him the right? captain? Yeah. On signing, a, like, a two-year extension? Mm. And he's not even remotely close to being your best There's player? There's a lot of inexperience in that Calgary front, the, the Calgary Flames, like, organization right now. they got a rookie GM. they got yeah. a rookie head coach. So fleece the rookie GM and get Tanev. Do it now. Trade him. Yeah, say, oh, you know what can fix your problems, Calgary? Connor Garland. <laughs> he's really good. Uh, okay, we're way up against it for time. we got a big final half hour. Of the program. Just to run down the things that we still need to do on this show, we need to do our NFL locks of the week. We need to give away tickets. We need to do what we learn, and we need to do ask us anything. So we're going to do it all. We need like another hour on Fridays. In the final 34 minutes of airtime, which is really closer to 30. Good luck. Stick around. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Big opinions and good bets. It's the People Show with Bick Nazar. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Kelowna, California, West Coast. Coast. <laughs> yeah, Kelowna, baby, best place in the world, right here. <laughs> Kelowna, California. Kelowna, California. Kelowna, California. Hey, thirty-three on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Sweet, sweet Friday. You are listening to the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Alfred and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari Today, we are in hour three of the program. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound, real estate appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. I'm glad you didn't play the What We Learn jingle because we're not technically going to do What We Learns right off the hop. We have to do the world-famous Halford and Bruff NFL locks of the week. I want to run through a couple games. Mine are on fire, by the way. Did you win again last week? Yep. Sorry? Yeah. Eagles. Right. Mm -hmm. I haven't even kept track of mine. How many in a row is that for you? At least two. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) You're on on fire right now. Yeah. Okay. A few games that we want to get to here. Game of the week. Again, not a great week on the NFL schedule. Game of the week is probably 49ers Bengals. But some of the luster gets knocked off this one if Brock Purdy can't go for the Niners. Yeah, what's the what's the Sunday nighter? The, su- like, the Sunday nighter is like Bears and Bears Chargers? Chargers. Oh my god! Yeah, and the Monday nighter where we get to see Tyler Bajent go up against the Chargers. The Monday nighter is Raiders Lions. They're not great. So some of the luster gets knocked off this game if Purdy can't go for the Niners. Uh, I wonder how much. The line changes, if it'll change at all, if Sam Darnold does eventually get in there. Right now, the 49ers are a four-point favorite. I got to stay away from that one as my lock because of the quarterback situation. Okay. I don't know what's going what's on. What's your lock? We got to get to a bunch of stuff. My lock. My lock. This is crazy. Okay? <laughs> I am taking the crappy New England Patriots plus nine and a half in Miami to cover against the Dolphins. Why three, are you doing this? Three reasons. Why? Okay. Three reasons why. One. These two already played mid-September. It was a close game. One-score game, 24-17. So I'm, that that bodes well for these two teams keeping it tight this time. Two, the Patriots actually played pretty well last week. 29-25 to over the Bills. That's a good win. And three, 
Tyreek Hill is dealing with a hip injury that cost him some time last week and mm-hmm. that loss to the Eagles. That's enough for me. Patriots. You don't plus think nine. Miami's going to be fired up? Patriots plus nine and a half. Lock it up. I got three Lock reasons why. Away. You go. Okay. Mine is weird too because it's an underdog. Okay. But this time it's a home underdog. Do you remember Jonathan Allen last week? How upset he was about the Washington Commanders' performance? Defensive lineman for the Washington Commanders. Well, it was Sick a bad, of all the losing. Bad performance on the road against the New York Giants. Well, they're coming home this week. And they are seven-point underdogs at home. And yes, there's a reason for that seven points because they're playing the Eagles, yes. who were my lock of the week last week. Ooh. But here's the thing. I'm going to bet against them this week because I think they're going to be like, yeah, the Commanders, that'll be an easy game. And the Commanders, meanwhile, will be like, this is our last chance to be respect, like respectable, right? Like the Commanders went into this season with a lot of optimism, sure. mostly because they had a new owner, right? Yeah, there was that, there, the, there was the, the new owner bump. So when they come home to play the Eagles and also Jalen Hurts a little bit banged up, so I'm going to take, I like all the points. I like the fact that we got a motivated team and maybe an opponent that might be overlooking this game. Give me the Washington Commanders. Oh, my God. Plus seven at home against the Philadelphia Eagles. Lock of the week. What a gambler. Yeah. What we, a gambler. Those bets have the potential to make us look really dumb. Yeah. Or really lucky. <laughs> Whenever you say the guys are fired up, so I just think of when Lisa's betting with yeah. arm, like, yeah, he's going to lose. You can see the fear in his eyes. <laughs> he's just a scared little boy. Uh, can you get the What We Learn music ready? I would like to play it because we have countless, yes, countless listeners, most of them under the age of 10, who love the What We Learn jingle, sing it in the car. They sing it whenever they can, and we didn't get to play it coming back from break. So now it is time for What We Learns. Play the jingle, laddie. my favorite part of the show. What did I say? Talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always dead. It's what we learn time. It's what we learn time. It's what we learn time. On the show. Yeah, that was a hot mic, and that was Jason saying, this is absolutely a children's song, and me replying, yeah, I know, that's why children like it. <laughs> and that's why Andy wrote it. So disrespectful talking over the jingle. Oh, I, I didn't mean believe to. It. it was a hot mic. That yeah, wasn't yeah. An inten- it was an unintentional hot mic. Sometimes well, I do it, it intentionally. Yeah, it's your thing. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> I like to keep the microphone on. <laughs> to spice things up. Yeah, like walking a tightrope without a net. You know, you just want to see what happens. Okay, uh, who has what we learned here? I think everyone does, pretty much. Andy's got the winner of the contest. We'll hold on that for now. I'm going to start behind the glass with Laddie. Sure. Craig Ballack, why don't you begin what we learned? Yeah, Tell I'm going to play, play a quick little clip here. It's uh, from Jeopardy yesterday. So all you trivia nerds out there, it's sports related. Though. I saw this. You're going to get better uh, score than what the contestants did on it Jeopardy. Was bad. Listen to the clip. There's five, five tidbits and the category is Hall of Famers by position. So you just have to name the position of these players. Check it out. Joe Namath. Joe Montana. Mason. What is quarterback? Right. Hall of Famer by position, 800. Bill Russell. Bill Walton. They are basketball centers. Mason. Hall of Famer by position, 1200. Bob Feller. Bob Lemon. Bob Gibson. (laughs) They're baseball pitchers. This might be a long category. (laughs) Two left, Mason. Let's try Hall of Famer by position for 1600. Okay, sports fans, I believe in you. Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, John Stallworth. They are wide receivers. And let's finish it off. 
Gump Worsley Shrimp Waters Rat Westwick. <laughs> it just sounds like I'm making people up. These are hockey goalies, ice hockey goalies. The, the, the hockey goalie one, one was hard outside, yeah. uh, outside of Gump Worsley. They right? got a gump, a shrimp, and a rat. Yeah. That's that's who they got that's for the, the hockey goalies. Yeah. Yeah. If they had a Bubba in there, it would have been Bubba Gump Shrimp. Oh, look at you. I know. That's the first thing I <laughs> thought. Be a Bubba goalie in the Hall of Fame, right? Um, I saw that category. And do you I, think they only do those to allow the sports fans that are watching to like feel good about themselves yeah. for like five seconds? The yes. rare like, look at these idiots. The wide receiver. Hey, I could do Jeopardy easily. <laughs> like, I know the basketball center one was bad, but the wide receiver. Wide receiver oh, one was goodness. bad. Um, well, the pitcher one was yeah. bad, too, right? Yeah. The Bobs. They did go with all the bobs. There's some old, also, there's like, some old pictures. You also got to, yeah, but you got to think like they're not going to be like they're all right fielders, yeah. right? They're they're not going to do that. Okay, Mukau uh, Jeopardy, which we haven't talked about in a while. It used to be a staple of the Halford and Bruff show. Bruff, go. Uh, I learned that Elliot Friedman has more information about the Shane Pinto situation on his Thirty Two Thoughts podcast. What did he do? Uh, I think he got careless, and he gave his. Uh, account, I don't know, the password, whatever. He shared his account with someone. And what we don't know yet is what this person or these people did. And this is called proxy betting. I, I learned something I didn't know. Now that, if you go and read some of these websites, and I read the FanDuel one, that is not allowed. You are not allowed to do that. They don't allow it. And I think one of the things that happens too is, is that if you open up a legal account with a company, like depending on where you are, you have to put your visa number down or your credit card number down. You have to put a bank account number down or you have to put in the States, you have to put your social security number down. And so if a name comes up like Shane Pinto's, that's, a pro athlete, and they really watch it closely. If it's a pro athlete, they monitor it really tight because that gives them an idea if there's something fishy going on in a sport. What we don't know, Jeff, is what happened with that wagering. Did they bet on something that they shouldn't have? Like, for example, did the people who have access to Pinto, did they bet on hockey? I don't know, and no one said yes or no, but if they had, that would have been a tremendous problem. So that's kind of what I heard too, and that's what we were talking about earlier in the show. Um, it'll be interesting to see if any more details come out. One one thing I'm kind of curious about is like what was the size of the bets that's that were being made? Sure. Because keep talking about the patterns of the betting too, which mm, is very I think it's probably the patterns yeah. more than the volume, yeah. the handle, right. if you will. Uh, I do hope that this serves as a very stern and very clear warning mm -hmm. to players. Just don't do this. Don't. don't give your account password to anyone. Don't avoid yeah. it. You yeah. have a good. You got a good life. You have to know it was a matter of you time before something life. like this happened. Making a lot of though, money right? playing totally. sport. It was totally. a ticking time bomb when all yeah, was, of this kind of opened up. Well, it's inevitability. It's happened in yeah. really every other league. So this was going to happen eventually. I think, and unfortunately, Shane Pinto becomes. Um, the sort of the marker for the punishment, but someone was going to. It was going to be Shane Pinto or Payne Shinto. Like mm -hmm. it was going to be somebody. Point being, they had to come down, lay the hammer down. That's a right. by the way. Um, and, and Shane Pinto is very suspendable too. Yeah, 
He didn't even, even have a contract. Yeah, he's like whatever. <laughs> we could we do. Need we to could sign do you to suspend you. Would you mind signing this? Okay, Moo Cow Pinto. Um, I need to do one that was passed along to me, courtesy of our good friend Chef Swagger. <laughs> oh yeah, this is good. This I almost, is unbelievable. Is this a okay, submission? does everybody? No, no, no. We're gonna do that. We're gonna print it out later. This is I because I'm rolling with this one because I saw this as well. Does everyone know the Florida man? meme yeah of course is everyone familiar with this if you're listening right now and you don't yeah florida man is a, a reference to this prevalence of florida men often making newspaper headlines doing really irrational or maniacal things Bizarre. and behavior right yeah, yeah, yeah. florida man oftentimes it involves like drugs alcohol and alligators quite right. often florida man caught having intercourse with alligator i don't know if that's been one florida that hey florida man says he was only drinking and driving at stoplights not while driving like that sort of thing right <laughs> you know why that exists is because there's a law in florida where they have to give every detail of the police report that's why florida man is a thing it's so really, it's, it's unique to that it. state don't ruin it come on don't it's about that. florida i'm just letting you know okay. um, what we learned so now and in order to capitalize on the worst of society, which seems to be an American theme, uh, organizers of the Florida Man Games have announced the lineup for this year's competition, the most insane athletic showdown on earth. What is your favorite event? I'll start with one. The yeah. evading arrest obstacle course. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, jump over fences, through backyards, and away from actual police officers to earn your freedom. How they got the Florida PD on board with this, I'll never know. Mm. But they're great, great going, idea. Sorry, well, it's a training exercise for them, right? You need to catch that guy who's high on bats. Here's so another event: a catalytic converter, two bikes, and a handful of copper pipes race against time. <laughs> Compete head to head in a race that lets you live a day in the life of a Florida man. Yep. It's a sting operation. With that uh, race, everybody's wow, really good at that. <laughs> I am really looking to forward to the Category 5 cash grab, which is where they take another thing that Florida is known for, hurricanes, right. and put you in a bit, you know, the, the old cylinder with the wind blowing around. Yeah, yeah. You have to grab the money yeah. and then run. So grab it. It's all basically rip and run. Mm -hmm. The beer belly Florida sumo. All right. It's pretty self-explanatory. Yep. Dive into the beer belly of the beast as you try to blast your opponent out of the ring. Mm -hmm. Do they have anything involving alligators? No. Uh, I don't oh. know. That might be a legal thing. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if they can fully do that. Uh, give us a moo cow on that one. That should be very interesting. Okay. I don't know when the event actually is. Uh, if it goes 13th. over well, it'll be February, added th February 13th of next year. Be added yeah. into the Olympics as well. Flag football, you're out. Yeah. Um, okay, fire of the dot matrix. It's time for some humanoid submissions, what we learned style. We're also going to give away the tickets, so Andy, please get ready. What we learned, humanoid edition, is brought to you by Get Fire Plan. Protect what matters most with comprehensive fire safety plans, monthly audits, and risk mitigation at $200 off. Visit them online at getfireplan.com. Andy, this has been a, a real whirlwind day for you. You came up with an idea for a ticket giveaway. You executed it. We have a winner. Mm -hmm. Good job. All you got to do is finish it now, bud. All right. What we learned, ticket emoji. I learned that if I win the tickets to the Halloween game, I will honor Pedersen being the goat by dressing as P.T. the goat. I have a P.T. jersey and this giant stupid goat head mask that's about the size of a beach ball. I would have a great time, and my neighbor's sight lines would be bad. Bert Hut. Wow, he really clinched it at the end there. Okay, we're yeah. going to need pictures of that then. Yeah, Bert Hut, you have to send us pictures. Is this the same Bert Hut that's fairly active on social media? Yeah, yeah, you see him on Canucks Twitter yeah, yeah. quite regularly. So yeah. Bert Hut, at Sad Club Commission, 
at Mike Alfred 604 at Andy Cole 1984 at Greg Ballack. You must take a picture of this and send it to us on Twitter during the game. That is the rule. Actually, we want some video. A video would be better. Video yes, of angry people around you? I yeah, mean, the angrier yeah. the pe- people, the better. Okay, listen, we only got a few minutes, so we got to bang through some of these, what we learned. Yeah. Kyle the Crow in Canmore, what we learned. Brad, for living is the gift that keeps on giving to Canucks fans, enjoying the turmoil the Flames are in. Mm-hmm. It is a mess right now, and I actually wonder two things. I wonder what Brad Living is thinking, and I wonder what Daryl Sutter is thinking. Brad Living is thinking, thank God I got out of there. Yeah. And Daryl Sutter is probably thinking about... I don't know, hey. horse, horse manure. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he'd be cheering for the Flames or cheering no, against them, though? No, no, Yeah. I, I remember when we covered the Kings at the Stanley Cup final, you really got the sense that when Daryl Sutter's out, mm-hmm. Daryl Sutter's out. He's He can disconnect completely. And by that, I mean, might not have a working cell phone right now. Yeah. Like that's, and he, and that, that's just who he is. So I would not be surprised if he doesn't even know what the record of the team He's is. He's more uh, concerned with this year's crops. Than the actual oh, Andy. God, I love unsigned. What we learned. What I learned is Jack Hughes is literally amazing. He is almost three points per game with seventeen points in six games. Four goals, thirteen assists, seventeen points in six games. It is ridiculous. I don't think you need it literally there. Jack Hughes is amazing. He's literally, literally amazing. No, no, no. In the text, there's oh. a lot of there's way too much literally. People misuse literally a lot. I, I'm guilty of. It I do sure. it all the time. Too. I literally do it every time. When I, talk I to when him. I say he's literally on fire, I'm like he's not. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, um, David Cross has a good bit on that. Yeah, he does. Tobias. Yeah, that's true. And he's always talking about like sportscasters. He's like, he's literally jumped over the moon to make that play. (laughs) Nope, you didn't. You're using that incorrectly, sir. I like to think that the Hughes brothers are going to be fueled by their competitive spirit and the brotherly rivalry, the sibling rivalry for the duration of their careers. Like, I like to think that Jack's response. And this start of the season is due entirely because his brother got a captaincy and he did. <laughs> like the pettiness and the jealousy will just continue to be one-upsmanship. Yeah, they pretend to be all close and supportive yeah. of each other, but secretly their parents have them fight for their love. Here's what we learned oh, from sorry. Cameron from Abby, yeah. this Canucks homestand will be a good test to see if this is this uh, early success is a trick or if what's to come is a treat. We'll allow it. We'll allow it. I don't love the pun. Gunner from Kelowna, hashtag WW, what we learned. I learned that there is now a record number of Canadians in the NBA. 27 now play, which works out to be exactly 6% of the total in the NBA. Uh, I did want to use this as a jumping off point because yesterday we saw, among all of the action that was going on in the NBA, a pretty noteworthy debut for Dame Lillard. In Milwaukee, mm-hmm. next to Giannis Antetokounmpo, 39 points in his first game as a Milwaukee Buck. Now, the interesting thing is they only beat the Philadelphia 76ers by one point, yeah. 118-117. Very tight game. Dame looked awesome. What happened with James Harden? He was told, do not go on the airplane, sir, <laughs> by team security. They said, right. go back and work out. He hasn't and then played. didn't the NBA, isn't the NBA investigating yeah, that? Like, for you like, can't do that. Yeah. We want guys to, you know play in basketball games, <laughs> not act- actively leave and not play in basketball games. Because they have this games. new policy against resting players, That's right? correct. And pr- in particular, star players, which right. I guess James Harden still qualifies. <laughs> so he still qualifies. That's like good for him, right? <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, the, the league thinks I'm a star. And like, no one else does. Anyway, uh, I feel bad for Nick Nurse. By the way, Nick Nurse uh, plays the Raptors on, I want to say Saturday. I'll have mm-hmm. to double check that. Uh, by the way, about this Canucks homestand that's coming up. Uh, tonight it's St. Louis. 
Saturday, it's the Rangers. And then Tuesday, it's a rematch with the Nashville Predators. That's on Halloween. Now, the Canucks take a quick one-game road trip down to San Jose, where they better beat the Sharks. Mm -hmm. And then they return home for a couple more games, and they will be tough ones. Dallas, just a good team. And Edmonton, listen, I know the Oilers are going through some problems right now, but... The Oilers are going to be looking for revenge. Now, granted, they were looking for revenge in their second game of the season, and the Canucks still managed to beat them. But can you imagine if the Canucks were to start the season with, obviously not all in a row, but three wins against the Edmonton Oilers before, like, December? It'd be amazing. It would be fantastic. And everything that's gone on so far... Um, leads me to believe that one, I feel like the Canu- what some of the things the Canucks are doing is sustainable, and two, I'm beginning to think that maybe the struggles of the Alberta teams might be sustainable as well because I don't see how Edmonton's easy. They get McDavid back in the lineup, and then maybe that turns it around. Mm-hmm. But they were not playing well with McDavid in the lineup to start the season. Calgary, to me, I look at that and I say, where is the uh, knight in shining armor? Where's the the light at the end of the tunnel? Where's the salvation? Who's coming to save this thing? Who's Connor Garland? Connor Garland. Right. There's always Connor Garland. Uh, Kirk, the unemployed cracker factory worker, ask us anything with the news of Zach Cassian's retirement. Why doesn't the 2012 President's uh, Trophy season get discussed in Canucks? What if Flashpoint lore, Mm. like the 2004 Bertuzzi punch or 2020 bubble team? um, I think for me personally, I won't speak for anyone else. I didn't have high hopes for that team going into the playoffs. It fell. Even though they were able to win the President's Trophy, I think they won that in large part because their division was absolutely terrible, and it just felt off. And when Daniel Sedin wasn't able to play for the first few games against the LA Kings, it was just there wasn't the optimism heading into that season that there was the season before. The team, even though they were still winning in the regular season, team felt a little bit broken. This is a nice text to end the week on here from Hassan and Burnaby. Hashtag WWO what we learned. My one-year-old loves the what we learned jingle. I played it for him last night before bed. Aww. And he was jumping all over the place and clapping. I now routinely sing it to him. Hassan then asks if we can give him the Canucks tickets. Sorry, bro. Those are gone. I hope your kid likes the song, though. We got to get out of here for now. <laughs> we'll be back on Monday. Signing off, I have been Mike Halford. He's been Jason Bruff. He's been A-Dog. And he's been Laddie. This has been the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.